What's up, y'all, and welcome to the Jack Vita Show. I'm your host, Jack Vita, here for a morning episode on February 29th, 2020, Leap Day, a day that only comes around every four years, and we are ready to make a leap from winter into spring, and that means it's time for our legendary, our very storied, decorated MLB preview show, one of the most popular podcast episodes of the year. This year, we're doing a little differently. We're going to do an episode for each division. And I've got Jordan Morandini, who always joins me to preview MLB and NFL. He joins me right now. Are you ready to get into this whole thing, Jordan? I am, Jack. This this whole 10 a.m. start time that we're working with right now is a little bit different. I feel like I'm playing travel baseball again. I have the dreadful 8 a.m. game or something. So I I hope I'm on my game today. But yeah, Jack, really looking forward to it. Thanks for having me back. And uh, yeah, this is always a really fun series we knock out. Oh, yeah. It's so much fun and it's going to be busy. This is the biggest month of the year for me in terms of podcasting because my two favorite sports are converging at the same time. The Sweet 16 and opening day are on the exact same day, which means I have a lot to cover with March Madness coming up and the MLB season starting up in just uh, three weeks. Jordan, let me just tell you real quick before we dive into everything we got today, what's going to be coming up on the podcast. As I mentioned, you will be joining me for several of these division previews. Today, we're covering the AL West. And it's been a little crazy because I lost my grandmother just a couple days ago. So I'm kind of figuring out the podcast schedule on the fly. But I was very fortunate to talk with Andrew Stem last week. He joined me to talk some college basketball. We talked some spring training stuff. And I also had former Survivor contestant Johnny Fairplay with me. Two great episodes last week. It was a lot of fun. And we got plenty coming up this month in terms of, as I mentioned, five more of these preview shows. So hopefully you'll like what you hear today and you'll want to follow along and check out what we have coming up. And in addition to it, Jordan, you know what the big show that I have this month is? Probably the biggest one is? some uh, The March Madness one? Yeah, Selection Sunday. Andrew Stem will join me, and we are playing around right now with the idea of having our first live show. Ooh, interesting. And st- how about Stem coming not only for one podcast, but back for a second one with both within a month, Jack? Yeah, and you know what? It, technically three, because we ended up chopping the last one into two different parts. Wow, he's, he's, his numbers are starting to get up there with mine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I will release more information on my Facebook page that I just started. It's at Jack Vita Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. But I will be showing updates along the way. We're talking about right now having a live YouTube show with webcams where we will react to Selection Sunday, the brackets, and we will help you fill out your bracket. And I know, Jordan, you're going to need some help because college basketball isn't at the top of your priorities in the sports world. Not until March Madness, Jack. So yeah, I'll be, tun- <laughs> I'll be tuning in and following all of your picks. Awesome. Yeah. And we are going to try to get you the perfect bracket this year. Hopefully it happens for someone. I wouldn't mind you providing me with that. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jordan, let's get to what we've got today. 
we have such an awesome guest. This is a guy that I've been trying to track down for a couple years now. He's the white whale. We finally got him on. Very popular guy. One of our friends from Valparaiso University. And now he's made it big in Midland, Texas as a meteorologist at a news station. Anthony Franz is with us. How are you, Anthony? You know, Jack, it's great to be here. Love the introduction. And I can't wait for baseball season to get here. Yeah, and Anthony is a big Texas Rangers fan, so it's very fitting to have you joining us for this division. Yeah, this is a great great podcast to be on. AOS, I think it's going to be a very interesting division this year. And uh, Don't sleep on those Rangers, but we'll get more into that soon. <laughs> well, Anthony, let's talk about these Rangers. Okay, let's talk about them. Let's talk about them. I, the, you know, it's a funny fact. I went to. I didn't make it to too many baseball games last year. Do you know what team I saw the most play? I'm going to guess the Texas Rangers. You are correct. I saw the Rangers at three different parks wow. unintentionally. Okay. Just you showed up to these parks and they're the ones that were playing? Yeah, I went to a Brewers game. I went to a White Sox game. And I went to a rangers game at globe life park before they tore it down it was actually okay. the final weekend of its existence which game did you go to against the yankees yeah they got killed i actually <laughs> went to the last game the rangers actually won that one it was great yeah so was that emotional for you or are you sad to see it go it was a little emotional uh they at the end of the game they brought out what they called the all globe life team. It was the best players that ever played for the Rangers in that stadium. Really cool. They all went to their separate positions. Um, really cool moment there. They took out the home plate and brought it to the new site. Uh, really cool ceremony, but definitely kind of emotional. I've seen a lot of games in that park. Yeah. Formerly known as the ballpark at Arlington. Are That's you excited right. for this new stadium? Is it globe life field? Is that what's called? It is Globe Life Field. I am excited. Uh, I do think the Globe, the, the old stadium, we'll call it the ballpark in Arlington because that's what yeah. it's best known as. It was still a good ballpark. Like it didn't need to be quite replaced yet, but I get it. Uh, it was hot in those <laughs> summer games sometimes, and we got the indoor now, the AC. So I'm excited for that. For sure. Well, let's talk about the outlook that we have for this team. I'll flip it over to you in a second. There is some news out of Rangers camp from a few days ago. Rookie left-hander Brock Burke done for the season. I think this is a tough blow. I saw him pitch last year at the cell where the White Sox play, and he was electric for seven innings. I was really excited to see a full season of him this year, and this is a tough blow for him to have to miss all of this season. Yeah, definitely a tough blow. Uh, it looked like he wasn't going to crack the starting rotation at a spring training, but definitely had a chance somewhere down the season. Uh, he had some definitely some promise last year. Some great games, some not so great games, uh, but it would have been nice to see him for a full season. And Anthony, he was a uh, was he a September call up for them a year ago? I think he came up a little bit before September. Yeah, it was it. I saw him in August. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, he, he probably he had probably, he probably about ten starts in August and September. Yeah, Tex, it looks like he uh, he had six starts a year ago. His numbers aren't too pretty, but that's often what happens when you bring some young guys up for some late season starts. Right. But yeah, I mean, 
there were some not pretty games that really inflated his numbers, but there was a few games in there that really did look good, which is what you look for in a young guy like that. Uh, and like, just, just like Jack said, it's unfortunate that he's out for the year now, but hopefully he can just battle back and be back next year. Obviously, the big headliner with this team was, let's say, well, I will say it was last year, pitching was a weakness, starting pitching, and Mike Miner emerged as an ace. He was excellent. They go out and they get a guy who's even better than Mike Miner, right. making that trade for Corey Kluber. Yeah, and I am so excited about this this whole pitching rotation. It is the best rotation that they have had since I've been a fan of this team, top to bottom. Yeah, that's that's probably correct. Uh, they went out, they added Kyle Gibson, they've got Lance Lynn, and they went and they also added Jordan Lyles. Yeah. So one through five, we got Kluber, Miner, Lynn, Gibson, and Lyles. Yeah, that's a good staff, yeah, I mean, especially in this division. I think it's probably their biggest strength. Uh, really, from top to bottom, if you can get bound at Kyle Gibson, he didn't have as good a year last year as he did back in 2018. But yeah, adding Kluber obviously is a major, major move. And Mike Miner was a guy who it seemed like guys last year was on the trade block all season long. Teams, <laughs> yeah. teams were trying to get him any way they could from the Rangers. Rangers end up holding on. And now with the addition of Kluber and the addition of some of those late guys that you guys talked about in the back of the end of the rotation, it really looks like a really nice rotation for them heading into the season. Yeah, I'm excited for it. What else are you looking at with this team, and how are you as a fan projecting them this year, Anthony? I mean, staying with that pitching rotation, there's one guy that's on the outside looking in right now, a young guy that uh, had a good maybe 10 starts last year, Colby Allard, I'm really high on. Um, I do think that he could crack into that rotation. Someone is... You don't wish for injuries, but they happen. If someone gets hurt, he'll be the first one in. And I'm really excited for this guy. We got him in a trade last year. And uh, he came on pretty strong a, co- a couple starts. Had a few rough starts, too. But he's a young guy. And I think this is a guy that could uh, have some la- staying power in that rotation. And he was a prospect for Atlanta, I believe. Right. Correct? He was, Correct. He was Atlanta. He was Atlanta. Gotcha. And then he came over in what deal? Was there a deal, he, specific deal he came over in? He did come over in a deal. I can't quite remember who was that guy. Chris Martin? Yeah, Chris Martin, relief pitcher that they got at the trade deadline, and they sent us Colby Allen. Got it. Okay. Yeah, that, obviously, I'm not as in tune with <laughs> Rangers prospects, but <laughs> definitely somebody to look out for there. Jack, you, you, you wanted to touch on kind of our overall outlooks of this team. Yeah. Uh, okay, so they added Todd Frazier this offseason. Great veteran presence. Great veteran presence. Uh, and really, you know, he's kind of had success in terms of his personal success everywhere he's gone. He, he always puts together solid seasons. Um, they still have a... Re- he strikes out a lot, but he draws a lot of walks, so it balances itself out. <laughs> exactly. And, then they- and he's going to hit... He might hit 40 homers at Globe Life Field. <laughs> I don't know, but I don't know if I'd go that far. If <laughs> that would double his total a season ago. <laughs> Is it, I'm curious because Globe Life Park was such a hitter's park. Right. And... Is it going to be the same type of effect now they're in a dome? Because they used to get those big gusts of wind. Is the fence in as much? Do you know anything about this, Anthony? I don't think it's going to be as big of a hitter's park just because, like you said, 
what they called in the ballpark in Arlington is especially to right field lefties would hit it in what they called the jet stream. And it would just carry that ball uh, over the fence so much. And again, this is an indoor park, so I don't yeah, think you're gonna see you won't like see that, that as much in a dome. <laughs> but, yeah, as I I started saying that, and I was like, oh yeah, it's not Globe Life Park anymore. So maybe <laughs> right. not forty. It's gonna, but he it's does hit be, homers. It'll be interesting to see how this park kind of plays as we start to play the first few weeks in it. Absolutely. Continue your thought, Jordan. Yeah, so with the addition of Frazier, and I believe he was the only major move they made in terms of anything lineup-wise, one through nine. Uh, uh, we do have uh, Robinson Chirinos back from the Astros. Yeah. And he'll be starting. Ah, yep, yep, yep. Tex, you actually hit, what, 18 homers back in 2018, and that's no. a power bat you add to they the lineup. upgrade over last year when we were counting on Jeff Mathis for pretty much the whole season. <laughs> yeah, and I'm not sure Mathis brings too much offensively, Does not. <laughs> given, given he was well, well under the Mendoza line a season ago. <laughs> it was bad. At, at 158. Yeah, and then, I mean, Tex, you could probably talk of this more than me. I still love their middle infield. I love the combo of Odor and Andrews. Uh, what are your thoughts on that middle infield? I think Odor, like, I've been waiting on Odor to break out. He's only 26 now, still. He's been in the big leagues for like six years now. It feels like, like he's a, been up forever. <laughs> yeah, and he's only 26. So I th- still think he has a chance to really break out. He still he hits 30 home runs a year, but his average is so low. I still think this guy has so much promise, and I'm counting on a bigger season here uh, in 2020. The early signs out of spring training look good for him. So I'm excited about Odor. Um, we got Elvis at shortstop, of course. He's been here forever, leader of this team. Uh, his offense kind of took a little hit last year, so hopefully he can uh, come up a little bit, uh, hit like he did back in 2016 and 2017. So the offense could use a little bit of help there, but I do think that there's opportunity to improve. And you mentioned Andrews. Andrews actually, in terms of from 2018 to 2019, did put together a pretty solid season. He was better in terms of pretty much all of his numbers across the board. You're right. He wasn't as good as he was back in 2016-17. But, yeah, it was not, it was kind of a bounce-back season because he was hurt for yeah, a lot of games. Yeah, he was hurt a little bit. Yeah, back in 2018. And then you touched on Odor. Really, the only thing that needs to get better with him is his average. Yeah, he the obviously strikeouts. The, the average and the strikeout, and with that, on base would rise as well. But there's a lot of value in having a second baseman in this league who can hit 30 home runs. And that's what he did a year ago. So if totally he can put, yeah, if he can put together a season where he can give it up to even 230, 240, that can make a big difference in a lineup. Well, guys, the thing with Odor is he may have difficulty squaring up on the ball, but he's able to square up on other things. I was about to say that, Jack. I mean, Bautista <laughs> knows that well. <laughs> I actually completely forgot that was Odor in that. <laughs> I was trying to think, what the heck is Jack talking about? <laughs> uh, that is a classic, though. Oh, it was classic. it was amazing. It's one of the best baseball punches we've ever seen. We got to talk about one other guy. How about Joey Gallo Joey coming back healthy? Gallo, he needs to have like he was having a breakout season the first half last year. Then he got hurt. Uh, he made the all-star game. I can't wait to see what I see from him. Just have a full season of Joey Gallo. At a spring training, it looks like he's using the whole field, kind of going against the shift sometimes and a little bit better back control. So I'm excited to see 
uh, what Joey Gallup does. He's a guy that could hit 45 home runs in the season. Yeah, and you mentioned absolutely. I mean, you mentioned breakout. He was almost pushing into stardom with his first half a year ago. Yeah, his yeah. OBP was pushing 390. I mean, he had 22 homers in 70 games last year. If yeah. he if he plays 140 games, he's pushing 45, <laughs> like you mentioned. Um, and the big thing with Gallo and kind of like Odor too, Gallo's had some issues batting average wise in the past. Uh, in 2018, he hit 206. A year ago, before he got injured, 253. So he, again, and he was kind of pushing into stardom there um, that until that unfortunate injury. He, he was hitting about 290 until like he got injured and he started trying to play through injury and really got into a slump at the end of what he was playing that last year. But after 50 games, he was batting almost 300 and OPS of like 1,100 before that dipped down a little bit. Do either of you know who led the American League in homers last year without looking? I, I couldn't tell you. No. Um, no, I don't think so. The answer is Jorge Soler. Okay. Okay. Oh, he was on my fantasy team. <laughs> <laughs> if you, if I had to pick someone to win that crown in the American League, I would go with Gallo. I think he's a very safe bet. I think so too. I like as long him. as he can I stay healthy, of course. He can stay healthy. He has the some of the most power in the big leagues. Like it's incredible what he can do. All right, where are we looking at Jordan in terms of what is Vegas projecting them at as an over under? So a year ago they won seventy eight games, guys. This year they have the over under at seventy nine and a half. I'd go over. I am without a doubt going over. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm going to go over as well, but very minimally. I think they'll be right or, right around 500. Um, okay. But I think that pitching rotation makes a, a big splash. And if they can get a healthy Gallo all year, I don't see how they would win less games than a year ago. And, and the over-unders are very close. I just think this rotation is going to make some big noise. Players like Odor, Gallo, I really love. Uh, you might not know of him that much. Nick Solak. Uh, yeah, really good player good. that we got uh, at a Naperville high school, actually, and really love him. They're going to get him in the lineup as much as possible this year. Um, but yeah, I'm thinking somewhere in the 80s for wins, realistically, uh, 85 wins, maybe around there. And they could be a sleeper team too. 90 wins, not out of the question, uh, but I think 85 realistically. I think you also look at Personally, I believe this to be the most competitive division in the American League. I think this is going to be a tough division. Yeah, I would have them as my third favorite team in this division, and we'll talk a little more about who else we like in this division. But I don't think the Astros are winning 107 this year. So that's going to redistribute some wins to some of these other teams. I got the Rangers at 85 wins as well, okay. potentially pushing for a wild card spot. I like that. That's kind of where I am, Jack. But there are two teams that I like a little more in this division. <laughs> and then I'll go I'll go 81 wins, so over as well. All right, you got the okay. 500 record, 81-81. That'll work. <laughs> Let's talk about, we'll get to the Astros a little later. I want to talk about another team that probably 
won the offseason in the sense of the talking points. There was the most to talk about with this team's offseason. That's the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Went out there and got Joe Madden. They also ponied up big money for Anthony Rendon. There are a lot of people who are really high on this team. I personally am not. We'll talk through that. What are you guys thinking about this team? I'll start with you, Jordan. Uh, Jack, I was really high on the Angels, and I think if we go back and listen to the podcast from the past two years, I think I've probably been pretty high on them each of the last two years heading in. (laughs) Um, And a lot of that just screams that I wish we would get to see Mike Trout play playoff baseball, (laughs) (laughs) to be quite honest with you. Um, But look, I I do like the move they made, obviously, to bring in a Rendon, to give a second superstar type bat, and and potentially, depending on how you view Otani as a bat as well. I mean, he's pushing stardom there, too. They're going to have a really, really nice top of their lineup. I do have serious questions about their pitching rotation. Quietly, I did really like the addition of Julio Teheran, um, who for the Braves has been a consistent guy each of the past two years. He's given them 30 start, 30 plus starts, and he's had under a four ERA. So I did like that consistent arm to add kind of in the middle of that rotation. But I have big questions about their four and five spots. Uh, currently listed on their depth chart is Dylan Bundy and Griffin Canning. And those are two guys who haven't had under a four or five ERA in the majors yet. Um, and I, I guess, oh, is Otani viewed as their ace, so to speak? I would, <laughs> I would imagine. I don't know. I, I would imagine so. Um, but I just have big questions about the rotation. They do have Andrew Heaney, who has been solid. Uh, wasn't great last year, but had a good 2018 um, so, yeah, the big questions about the pitching rotation kind of scare me away from projecting this team as a postseason team. But, wow, I mean, a lineup that can at any point in time have a Otani or a Trout Otani Rendon one, two, three. I mean, it, that's up there with as good of any that you can see in the major leagues. Yeah, going off that pitching rotation, I, the, the concerns you have, definitely legitimate. I'm pretty sure Andrew Haney is going to be the opening day starter. I don't think Otani is going to be ready until at least May is what I heard. Dylan Bundy, not a great player, I don't think. Uh, really struggled with Baltimore the past few seasons. Really high pick. High high ceiling just hasn't hit it yet. Right. So I think it's a nice little flyer to add, but the, not a guy that you want to count on. And <laughs> the fourth guy there, Griffin Canning, I just uh, uh, he just had an MRI on his sh- uh, sore elbow, like, a day or two ago, and they did find some UCL damage there, so it's probably not great news. <laughs> that is no. not what you want to hear. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say the same things, and especially I personally was not really in on the Rendon signing for them because they were talking all about, well, we got to go get pitching. We got to get pitching. And then they didn't get Cole. So you'd think they'd go in and try to get a Mad Bomb or a yeah. Keichel or one of these other veteran pitching guys to add to their rotation. And I like the Tehran pickup. Yeah, Tehran's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's good. But I think they need a lot more. Yeah. And I think this lineup, I could be wrong, I think it's the only one in baseball that has four guys in it that are making more than $20 million. Wow. Uh, so they've spent a lot of money. That's Upton, Pujols, Trout, and now Rendon. That's hilarious. Ed Pujols is still making 20 <laughs> <laughs> Big Albert. My other takeaway with this team is the Joe Madden hiring. And I know a lot of people, I've heard a lot of this of, well, Joe Madden is really good at taking a rebuilding team and pushing it forward. But 
personally, I don't really think this is the best. This We haven't really seen Madden step into a situation like this. His team in Tampa that he went into when he started and his team with the Cubs were all young players. And you look at this lineup right. and you just see veterans all across the board and Upton, Andrelton Simmons, uh, Tommy LaStella is another guy. Right. You see veterans all across the board. Will the veterans buy into Madden's shtick, his whole approach of what's going to happen if Mike Trout's playing left field one day and Andrelton Simmons is moving over to first base and Joe wants to put Justin Upton back at shortstop because that's the position that Justin Upton played in high school. <laughs> I don't know if they're going to get the young guys to buy into it. So I'm I'm really curious, will Joe take the same approach that he's taken in the past? Is he going to go with a different approach? How will that work out for him? And if he goes with the same approach, how will it be received by these veteran players? Well, to be fair, Jack, he doesn't have an Anthony Rizzo that he can lead off in this lineup. compared to what he was doing with the Cubs Um, but yeah no doubt it is going to be interesting you don't want to see poo holes in the leadoff spot it's not overly attractive when you have (laughs) Trout Otani Um, yes I I do think that'll be interesting however I do think a lot of these guys are probably very easy to coach I can't I can't see Mike or manage sorry I can't see Mike Trout or Rendon being tough guys or even poo holes at this point with this specific, the way there, and I guess this Cubs were kind of similar. You never thought Bryant should be anywhere but third base, and he ends up in left field a couple <laughs> of games. But, I mean, you you wouldn't think Trout would ever not play center field. Or you, you, some of those changes that he made in Chicago, I just, I'm not sure I can see them happening here in L.A. But, yeah, I mean, we're going to have to, only time will tell until we can right. find out. In this lineup, I think Jordan mentioned this, too. It's just so top heavy. Like the gap between the best players and the guys that aren't going to play as well is just so big. I mean, those top three trout, Rendon, Otani that go, that's with the best in baseball, those top three guys. But then you got, yeah, Tommy LaStella and Jelton Simmons. Albert Pujols was pushing 40 years old. Like, well, Hey, Tommy LaStella was an all-star last year. Was he really? Yeah. And, and then Jack is very <laughs> proud of that. Yeah. <laughs> Jack's a big Listella guy. <laughs> can, can he keep that up? I, yeah, I, I that, do that, see that, yeah, he did hit 295, 800, 832 OPS. Can he keep that up, though? I don't know. Well, yeah, and I think a big part of this team, too. Look, the pitching's not going to be good, but you have that one, two, three. Can Pujols, Simmons, and Upton have good seasons? Because I think if those three have good years, you get a yeah. solid Listella season along with the three big boys. That's a pretty dang good lineup. Then that that's is something good lineup. That can, if they can have good seasons. Yeah. Upton was horrible last year. Yeah, very bad. <laughs> very bad. Um, I love how blunt he was there. <laughs> <laughs> he did not have a good season. So, yeah, I, th- I think maybe even more so in the three stars. I think this the Angels season kind of depends on that next tier of guys, the yeah. four, five, six, seven, um, to be able to produce. Because this, this team's going to have to put up runs consistently. Well, another thing, Jordan, is this team got decimated by injuries down the stretch last year. I went to see them uh, play the White Sox in September, and Pujols was like the only recognizable face in the entire lineup. There were a lot of there were a lot of young guys who were September call-ups who were playing in that game. Simmons was out. Lastella had to miss the second half of the season. I think he tore a quad. And Trout was out as well, right? Trout got injured on Friday 
and I went on Sunday, and I was so bummed that I didn't get to watch him play. Brutal. But I did get to see him out in California a few years ago, so I wasn't too upset. So Trout was out, and Upton was also out. So some of these guys could be a little injury-prone that we talk about. Right. Well, yeah, and you talked about the veteran presence. Sometimes that's what kind of brings the injury prone to it as well. These aren't, it's not a lineup filled yeah. with a bunch of young guys. Uh, these are guys that definitely have some tread on their tires. So, yep, I would agree. Definitely something to look out for. And if we do get any of those injuries from these older guys in the outfield, there's one uh, interesting prospect that I see on their, their team. Joe Adele is the mm-hmm. MLB number six prospect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, he's only he, 20 years old. And the Angels are really high on him. Yeah, he's supposed, supposed to be big time. He might be next up and potentially, who knows, he might be filling that Justin Upton role here yeah. <laughs> sooner than later. It might be Trout and uh, Adele roaming yeah. the outfield. Definitely something to look out for. All right, guys, the over-under on the Angels. A year ago, they won 72 games. Jack did make a very good point, though, about the de- kind of decimated by injuries down the stretch. This year, they're over-under 85 and a half. Oh my gosh! So Go they, under. So they actually have them. Let's see what, what was the range. They have them six games better than the Rangers in terms of over under. Oh boy, that I, I would go I way under. I agree with that. <laughs> I, it, what it might be basing off of potentially is you get those guys back, and along with that, maybe the Astros and A's aren't as good as they were a year ago. Um, that's the only kind of observation I can make to clarify that number. I would probably go under as well. Not not that far under, though. I, I see them kind of in the same boat as the Rangers, I think, right around that 81, 82 wins. I kind of see them as that 500 team, too. Uh, I think their offense could be good. Uh, the pitching, though, is their weak spot, I think. I think they're anywhere between 75 and 82 wins, so I will average that out and go with 77. Okay. So Jack is pretty heftily under, and then I'm about 81 wins. I'm about yeah, me and Anthony are a couple under. Look, I think they're going to be competitive. I think they. This is a, again a tough division. I think all four four of these five teams are going to be really interesting and are going to be. I think there's no easy games between these four teams that we're going to talk about. Now the last team, well, <laughs> we'll talk about them a little later. <laughs> And maybe Madden has something to do with that over-under as well. Maybe they think, I think Madden's it does. worth a couple wins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I will say, regardless of if they buy into it or not, he is an upgrade from Brad Osmus. No doubt. <laughs> no doubt about it. <laughs> I would say the two biggest managerial upgrades from this offseason. I know where you're going, Jack. Yeah, the Angels <laughs> and the Phillies. I would agree. <laughs> so stay tuned for that NL East podcast. Yeah. All right. You guys want to talk about the A's now? Let's talk about them. Yep. Let's do the A's. So the A's last year, 97 wins, lost in the wild card game for the second straight year. It's a reoccurring theme that the A's are not winning in the playoffs. They just they haven't in a very long time. They have a very nice young core. And I'm pretty high on this team. I think this is a playoff team. I love how good they are defensively. They got a lot of young guys that are exciting to watch. I'm excited to see what Sean Murphy is going to contribute this year. He's a, I think, top, uh, I want to say he's 31 or 33 prospect in baseball. Got called up later in the season. I think this is a really good squad. 
I agree. I'm I'm high on the A's as well. Uh, Sean Murphy, that guy, he's he, he played for Wright State in the Horizon League. That's correct. Look at Tex tossing out the Horizon League. <laughs> he, he, he hit a walk-off home run against Valpo in 2014 as a freshman. Were you at that game? I was not. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is a I'm mind blown with the statistic there, Tex. You came ready to go. You came ready did, to go. I did some research. All right, look, look with the A's again. This is a team that somehow, some way, year in year out, wins ball games. <laughs> like I was looking at the standings and looking at you're like this team won 97 games a year ago. Yeah. Um, but again, a lot of these young guys that you guys touched on, they also had very good seasons. And I think that's kind of what put together the really good year. Uh, they have a couple young outfielders. Ramon, oh, geez, Loreno? Loreano. Loreano, okay. And he, I will say, he was out for the second half of last year. So to get him back, exactly. he might be the best defensive I was outfielder a, that's in baseball. exactly where I was going. It seemed like every night, Early in the year, when I was watching SportsCenter Top Ten, he was making a player. He was, he was on it. Like yeah. he's incredible. He has he's a rocket, rocket for an arm. And along with that, guys, he, he's a good bat as well. He hit two eighty eight a year ago. Uh, Mark Can- exactly. Mark Canha, another really good outfielder for them, who kind of put together his best season in the majors. A lot of these guys too. And Jack, you touched on Lorena, uh, Loriano. Uh, Loriano. Um, you know, they missed some games, too. This was a team that dealt with some injuries, and even with the injuries, ends up winning 97 games. The really only question mark I have with this team is they're going to have some young guys in this rotation, I think. Um, and it's a matter of how those guys perform. Um, a couple of them came into their rotation late last season. I think that's going to be their four and five this year. Uh, Jesus Lazardo and then AJ Puck were two guys who, correct me if I'm wrong, guys, I think were late call ups a year ago. And yeah, were, that's correct. And yeah. were, and once they got into the majors, produced an extremely yeah. good level. They also have Sean Manaya from the region. Uh, is he an Andrean guy? I, I think, he might be. I think he's an Andrean guy, which is a, yeah. a school that's a lot of the, the talent around the region <laughs> ends up ending up at somehow, some way. Jake Poliga, a podcast guy, actually ended up at Andrean. And had a, a <laughs> and lot this of this is in the football. Valparaiso area for those who yes. are not familiar with the, the region. region but yeah. <laughs> he was out for a big chunk of last year and got back just in time for that wild card game. So that's they got returning perhaps their best outfielder and their best pitcher coming back for a full season. And that's yeah, mm-hmm. and that's the point. This team won 97 right. games a year ago with those injuries. Really, a wild run almost to to think about doing that. This, yeah, this team is very intriguing. I think they'll be right around a wild card spot this season, but I'm not going to have them winning this division. Yeah, I'm as a Ranger fan, I am scared of this team's pitching <laughs> rotation. Honestly, uh, they got some young guys who can flat out pitch. You got Manaya, Frankie Montes is really good. Um. He was suspended last year for PEDs, but he's back. <laughs> uh, he, <laughs> he did say that uh, it was not intentional. It was a supplement he took uh, that he didn't know was bad. Uh, so hopefully he comes back. He's good. Uh, he's a really good pitcher, 96, 97 on our fastball. But I got Jesus Lozano. 
You know, his nickname is Baby Jesus, okay? <laughs> That's fitting. I've seen him pitch here in Midland. Uh, the Midland Rockhounds are the A's AA affiliate. And I saw him pitch a couple years ago, and this guy can flat out play, guys. Uh, I think he's a rookie of the year candidate. I love it. Yeah, it looks great like, analysis yeah, there. He projects for to be the number four. It looks like he has a ninety-seven to ninety-eight mile an hour fastball and a highly effective breaking ball. So definitely a guy to look out for. And a guy that had a lot of success when he got brought up a year ago. Yeah, he was supposed to make the team out of spring training last year, uh, but he had a rotator cuff injury at the end of spring training. So he was out like the first half of the season, came back to like trip away. And then made the team in September again. Uh, but he was supposed to be on the team last year, had injury problems. But this year, I think he's uh, definitely going to be a very good uh, pitcher, rookie of the year candidate for sure. I will give my projection for them in a second. One other thing we haven't even talked about is their defensive left side of the infield Phenomenal. with Matt Chapman and Marcus oh. Semien, who Semien, I think, was third or fourth in MVP voting last year. Wildly underrated. I think, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm curious to hear, well, I guess I'll, I'll pose the question, is this the best defensive left side of an infield in baseball? I believe it is. It's, it's one of the best. I guess the story the Arenado like, one is the only other one that comes to mind. I was mind. thinking, yeah, I was left side of the infield defensively and offensively. Yes, yes. Yeah, that's definitely debatable. Chapman kind of had a down year with his bat a year ago. I mean, he did hit 36 bombs, but he was his numbers dropped from 2018. Um, but defensively, yeah, Jack, I think in terms of at third base, him and Arenado are A1 and A2. Yeah, and I guess you could also look at. Rendon and Simmons with the Angels defensively. Good That's point. good point. Right. Jordan, why don't you give us the win over under total? The over under for the Athletics. A year ago they won ninety seven guys. This year eighty nine and a half. Oh man, I go way over. I'm going over too. What's your projection? This is a this is a good good team. Um, ninety five wins is what I'm thinking. Ninety five. I'm going 100. I think these are your AL West champions. Okay. Making that claim, Jack? <laughs> now, I'm saying that, but I don't believe in them in the playoffs. They have not won in the playoffs, but I think they're set up. If these guys stay healthy, maybe when we're going to talk about the Astros in a second, what they're going to be dealing with this year. Well, And I will say, I guess I'm spoiling it, I do have the Astros as a wild card team. Wow. Uh, and I think it will be close between those two teams. So I'm not totally out on the Astros like I know a lot of people are. But I could see this team just being set up perfectly to win 100 games and dominate the regular season. And they definitely could win 100. I wouldn't put it past them. This rotation is scary. They got great offensive players. It's just hard to predict a team winning 100 games, so I'm going 95. Yeah. <laughs> and Jack, you so you have him as a wild card, Anthony? Yeah, I got him as a wild card. Jack, you mentioned that they haven't had the playoff success. Some of that has to deal with the fact that they've had to play in the, the wild card game. That brings yeah. such an a added challenge. Um, but yeah, it I, does, I, but I they've also, they've had, they had that year with, uh, I think it was 2012. They were in a series. I think it was against the Tigers. They lost that. They lost to the Tigers in 2006. I think the last time they've won a playoff series was in the early two thousands. Okay. <laughs> but I mean, obviously look, they are severely handicapped. 
but and we all see Moneyball, and it's a great story. But I think it's time with this talent. I want to see them do it in the playoffs. I'm not. I'm not sure they do it yet, but I'm very excited to watch this team. Fair enough. So they won 97 a year ago. I'm gonna go over the 89 and a half. I'm gonna put them at about 92. Wild card? Yeah. Uh, yes, I think I'm gonna have them as a wild card team. I think where the discrepancy comes here is I think the Angels and Rangers being a couple games better this season. Yeah. Might take a couple wins away from the Athletics as the year goes on. So I'll go under what they had a year ago, but over the 89 and a half. Okay, that's fair. Let's talk about the. Hotly debated, polarizing Houston Astros. Anthony, I want you to share your thoughts on this team going into spring training and everything surrounding them. Thoughts on and the we, team itself or this controversy that they've <laughs> Whatever you want to say, but we only have about 15 minutes more right. to talk about these so two first teams. First of all, 2017 cheating scandal. Of course, it's bad, but. We're in 2020 now. I think people need to just start looking at this team as who they are right now rather than what they were a couple of years ago. And this is a really, really good team. Uh, it's going to be tough to beat this year. I would agree with that. There's no room for what they did in the game of baseball. And then I'm going to leave it at that. <laughs> um, I will say, if you are interested in this topic, go back and listen to what Andrew Stem talked about a week ago, because we went into greater depth on the sure, subject yeah. and punishment. And I, I everything. do need to check that out because I would be heavily intrigued to see what Stem had to say about it. Um, <laughs> okay. So yeah, heading into this season, I mean, look, they're extremely talented um really honestly across the board i do think obviously the coal loss is going to be major here because really the the dominant part the most dominant part of the, about this team was the fact that they could go cole verlander granky at any point and you have to wonder if i mean the elephant in the room you have to wonder if some of these guys numbers may drop a little bit this season from what they had been the past couple of years um i i still see them winning this division so I have them over the A's 92 wins. Um, but I will say what they went a year ago, uh, 107. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm Pull going to go heavily under that. I don't think that, I don't think they went a hundred games, but across the board, I mean, this, the one through nine is very, very good. And along with that, you still have the one, two punch of Verlander and Granke. It'll be interesting. I, I don't know about how intrigued you guys are. I'm kind of intrigued about the back end of this staff and kind of how they, are able to develop some of these guys to fill the roles because losing, I mean, anytime you lose a guy like Garrett Cole, that is a monster, monster hit. And I think really what that means for this team is they're going to need McCullers to really, really step up and put together a good season. He had a good year a year ago. Can he replicate or not a year ago? Sorry. Uh, back in 2018 was he, yeah, he's coming off Tommy John surgery exactly, yeah, off Tommy John. So him coming off Tommy John and kind of filling in that probably number three role in this rotation is a big, big piece um, and will be really important to how successful this team is. That and in the that, back end. And that fourth guy is interesting too. Jose, uh, I, I don't know how to say his last name, Yerkity. Um, That's good. He, yeah, that he, works. <laughs> he is a very good uh, young arm, uh, could definitely step up, be that fourth guy in the rotation too. I still think it's a very good rotation for the Astros. Verlander, Granke, McCullers, Yerkity, and uh, the fifth guy could be either Austin Pruitt or Josh James. Uh, Pruitt's the guy coming over from Tampa Bay. James is a homegrown talent. 
uh, really low draft pick. He was a 34th rounder in 2014. That's got his, that's worked his way through the system. Interesting. The other thoughts I have is, so they lose Cole. So their top two guys are Verlander and Greinke. Verlander, age 37 right now. Right. Greinke. He doesn't age, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> Very uh, interesting what's going on, why he does not age. Uh, and then you got Greinke at age 36. Greinke's a guy that has proven with losing velocity that he can make adjustments and still be phenomenal. I just I got a lot of questions with this team. I think the pressure is That's something there that is clear. Yes, I agree. There's a lot of adversity they're going to face. I think there's a <laughs> I'm seeing this. I've seen this out there. Will the Astros break the record for a team being hit by pitch this year? <laughs> it very well could happen. They've yeah. gotten I think they've hit been hit 6 or 7 times over the past week in spring training, which I was sit talking about with Stem. Stem's like, oh, they might get thrown at spring training. I'm like, no, I, I that's not going to happen <laughs> in spring training. I'm like, it'll happen in the regular season, not spring training. I was very wrong. I think this thing is not going away. Now, having said that, you guys talk about the talent. We know how good this team is, even without the advantages that they have capitalized on. <laughs> this is going to be a good team. There's going to be... All eyes on them for everything. I like that they went and got Dusty Baker as a guy who's just a... He's a great clubhouse guy. And yeah. he's been made fun of for years. I think he's a good manager. He's he's a great guy for culture. So he was the right guy to bring in. In order to clean up your reputation, I think this team is absolutely a wild card team and is going to be very close with the A's. They're going to come down to the wire for the division. So I think this Astros team is somewhere between, I'd say 92 and 98 wins. That's fair. By the way, guys, before we move any forward, they're over under for this season. A year ago, they won 107. <laughs> this year, they're over under is 94 and a half. So that's a pretty good number. I'd say 12 and a half games from their win total a year ago. <laughs> Interesting. That is how, that's how much knowing what patience coming means. <laughs> um, I am going to go... Oof, that is a great number because I, I do think them and the A's will be a very close to the division. I had the A's at 92. I'll go slightly under. I'll go Astros 94. Oh, that's yeah. exactly where I was going to go. And I think... The, look at this team top to bottom. They are so... Good. George Springer, Brantley, Jordan Alvarez, who came out of nowhere, I thought, last year and was awesome. Bregman's an MVP candidate. Correa, Altuve. This is a great team. They're winning. I'm going over. I had the A's at 95. I got the Astros at 98 wins. Got it. All right. Let's talk about the final team in this division. Anthony, I think one of your friends was excited to hear us talk about the Mariners. Do you have a Mariners fan friend? Yeah, I got my roommate, actually, my boy Nathan Santa Domingo, born in <laughs> Seattle, uh, gave me some insights on this team. He's a big Mariners fan, so. <laughs> Is he optimistic? You know, <laughs> he's not even too optimistic. But yeah, I know, I know Mario Lanza, who joined me last summer. He's a big Mariners guy. He's not very optimistic either. 
Uh, yeah, he's not too optimistic. He He's a big fan, but does not think they're going to do too well this year for pretty good reason. <laughs> well, here's what I'll say about this team. Last year, I remember Jordan and I were late to the party with our MLB preview because I had thyroid surgery. And I had to wait a couple months. I, I did bought it. bought in. I bought in. We did tax. it. In, I bought, I bought in. <laughs> you didn't. I wasn't. You didn't entirely buy it. No. But I just remember the main thing we were talking about was they were hitting so many home runs and they were just a fun team to watch, even though they got off to that great start. And I don't think he, you may have bought into them slightly, but I, we didn't think they were going to be a contender in this oh, division. No, no, but the, no. no. I, yeah. I think I had them as a potential like sleeper wild card run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think this team will still be entertaining to watch. Now, I think they may lose 100 games, but there are some guys that are f- interesting to watch. Dan Vogelbach, all-star last year, hit a lot of home runs. I mean, that's another thing. They were in a pitcher's park, and they were leading the league in homers in the month of April. Right. So they're going to hit some homers. The other guy that I'm really excited and intrigued to watch is a guy that you are very familiar with, Jordan, is J.P. Crawford. Oh, you don't want to go there, Jack. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. No. I didn't realize it was such a sore spot. No, but oh, no, he... no. We were we were very happy to send him his words. <laughs> <laughs> he, last year, I mean, people saw what he's capable of defensively. I want to see what he's capable of offensively. He's a high prospect and- that the... Philly sent for Gene Segura. And that's kind of always been the question with him, Jack, sadly, is he's always had a pretty solid glove. It's can he ever prove he can hit for average because he clearly doesn't hit for power. So he needs to bring something offensively. So that was kind of what when we made that deal for Segura, I was I was OK with it just because Crawford had even though he was kind of a prized prospect, one, it wasn't a great <laughs> uh, minor league system or minor league uh, prospect pool but along with that he had never really shown he could do much offensively and I think that's the big question for him moving forward is 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 he able to now I will say did read an article on him that he added some muscle in the offseason 10 to 15 pounds of muscle so maybe that helps him offensively but something to look out for for sure him he actually Jack to be honest with you I'm with you I think he's probably the most intriguing piece in this lineup um, they do. I mean, they have young guys all across the board, though. So who yeah. knows? some of these guys could potentially break out and we just don't know it right. yet. I think Malik Smith led the American League in stolen bases last year. He's so fast. He's a fun guy to watch. Uh, another thing I will note, are Kyle Seeger and D Gordon going to get traded this year? That was I one mean, of my questions is the D Gordon situation. Yeah, uh, D Gordon seems like he's being a, kind of blocked. Uh, I don't think there's going to be a whole lot of room for him. So I think do think they, they are going to trade D. Gordon. Yeah, they want to get Shed Long some more at-bats. Shed Long exactly. can work there. You got J.P. Crawford at short. And um, and let me make this clear. D. Gordon's a pretty good player, guys. <laughs> yeah. He's a guy I who... Think I think they just want to go with the young guys, though. Yeah, um, yeah. and I, I get it. Um, he, but he's a guy who brings a lot of speed. He hits for a pretty solid average and has pretty consistently throughout his career. The only really question mark he's had is his injury issues. He's never really played a full season. He's always kind of been banged up as the year goes on. But yeah, yeah. I would think I I would think he'd be a really intriguing trade piece potentially. Uh, this Mariners team, I think is super interesting. They're, I don't think they're going to win a whole lot of games this year, but they got a solid group of young players. Kyle Lewis, uh, 
Long Jr. Of course, I, I like Jake Fraley in the outfield too. He's 24 years old. Get may get his first legitimate sh- full season uh, in the outfield this year. He had an OPS over 900 between Double A AA and Triple A last year. And a guy I really like. Uh, I said uh, Baby Jesus has a chance to be Rookie of the Year for the A's. <laughs> Evan White here with Seattle. Uh, also has a legitimate sh- uh, chance. He signed a six-year, $24 million contract before he played a single game in the big leagues. And a lot of times, guys, those contracts end up looking like steals <laughs> when you do that with a top prospect. Yeah. You look at it four or five years later, and you're like, wow, we have him for four mil- $5 million this year? Right. And that's a good player right there. Uh, he could be in the middle of this lineup. He could rake. I don't know. Uh, but this is a team that has an okay offense. Uh, my, my insights, my roommate says they could be a middle of the road offense ranked 15th or so in the uh, division, but their pitching's lacking too. So yeah. And their pitching staff, there are two guys that I'm excited to watch that we talk about. We haven't mentioned justice Sheffield, who was the centerpiece of that James Paxton trade a year ago. He came up last year and Mm -hmm. The other guy that I want to watch, who I've always really liked, was a very high prospect uh, just a few years ago, but has had some bad luck. Taiwan Walker had Tommy John surgery, missed all last year. Uh, They got him on a minor league deal. They got him for nothing. He's back with the Mariners organization. And if he can come back, he has amazing stuff. Yeah, that's a good sign for them. Yeah, he's had and he's had, what, back-to-back seasons, I think, where he had very short... Like just what did he have one start a year ago? Yeah, before the Tommy John, yeah, and then the year before only three starts. I think he came back from Tommy John, and then he wasn't. I something he had some other mishap. And that's what happened. Yeah, so he's had some productive years in the majors. Uh, yeah, if he can stay healthy, he could potentially be a nice piece for them. Mm-hmm. One, one one thing else with this Mariners team, I think they're a couple. I think they're two years away from being actually potentially a contender. Uh, they got two minor league prospects who probably won't play this year. They'll still they'll stay in the minors, but two top twenty guys uh, listed by MLB: Jerry Kalinick and Julio Rodriguez. And this Rodriguez guy, he's only nineteen years old, but he is a beast, y'all. Uh, <laughs> he's going to be really good in a couple of years when they bring him up, probably twenty twenty two. And, and I will say, I like the direction, too. You know, if, if you're going to give Shed Long some at-bats at second base and you're going to try and deal D. Gordon, why not just go fully youth? And it looks like that's kind of their game plan heading in. Yeah. Maybe see if you can get another prospect or two for D. Gordon in a deal, something along those lines. I like the direction of it. They're kind of admitting that they're probably not going to win a lot of games here this year. But, building, but their farm system is stocked. Too. And also, exactly. when you look at this division... There isn't really a whole lot of room to go when you got the A's and the Astros at the yeah, top. This is not a window. It's a good um, time to rebuild. Exactly, exactly. And I mean, yeah, and you have the kind of the Angels going in a win now mode, essentially with Trout in his prime and Rendon the signing. And yeah, I think it's a great time to rebuild. You're <laughs> you're admitting your your losses in this division for the next couple of years, but you're getting a lot of young guys, a lot of at bats, figuring out who can potentially be key pieces moving forward. One other note before we get to our projection. I wanted to read this tweet coming in from your roommate, Nathan Santo Domingo. He wanted us to mention that he said, Seattle Mariners batting practice pitching phenom Ichiro Suzuki. That's what he's most excited about right now. (laughs) 
You know, Ichiro's going to lay some fat ones in there at BP and get these guys' confidence up. Uh, it might be a sleeper pick right there, but we'll see. <laughs> He's always been a do-it-all type of guy. Yeah, he used to always <laughs> talk about how he wanted to pitch. It's really cool to see what they've been able to do with him remaining with the organization. He's just such a great guy to have around for so long. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. For sure. So what's the win over-under? Yes, the over-under. A year ago, they won 68. This year, the over-under is 67 and a half. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So they think they're a half game worse than they were a year ago. Tax your thoughts. I think, uh, I think they, I think they got some decent players on this team. They're going to be in the basement of the division for sure. I think they will avoid losing a hundred games. I'm going slight under. I'm going sixty six wins, uh, ninety six losses. I'm going to go under as well. I'll say. Ooh, I'm, I say they lose 100. I'll go uh, 62. And really, to no fault of their own, this is just this division got even more difficult and someone has to lose these games. And I think what's really going to be interesting as we talk about more of these divisions is the fact that some of these American League teams have gotten better where the last two, three years, there have been so many teams that lost 90 games, at least 90 games. And right. I think they're kind of stuck on an island here, but it's fine because they're rebuilding. They want to get those at-bats for those young guys. I think they trade Seager. I think they trade D. Gordon. I say 61 wins. And this okay. is a team, yeah, I, I kind of like where you went there, Jack. I don't see any clear strengths of this team kind of throughout their lineup because you have so many question marks with so many young guys in the everyday lineup. And really their rotation, I don't see it as a huge strength either. Marco Gonzalez has had a couple nice seasons back-to-back, but after him, you kind of have some question marks. I like under as well here. And honestly, it's more so just because of the Angels and Rangers, I think, both being better than they were a year ago. Now the Astros are going to be a couple games worse, but I do think that those two teams at the top of the division also cause issues here. Uh, I would go... I'll go one game away from 100 losses. <laughs> they win 63. <laughs> they avoid the 100. They avoid it. <laughs> Saving themselves. All right. Well, this was so much fun. Jordan has a plane to catch in a second. So I want to, <laughs> I will do the sign off by myself. Jordan will normally be sticking with me a little longer, but he's got to fly out to Florida on this very cold day in the Midwest. So I'm very jealous. <laughs> I'll be sure to send you a couple Snapchats, Jack, of my views and such. <laughs> <laughs> Please do. Please do. Jordan will be with me, though, later as we project more of these divisions. Lastly, though, before I let both of you go, I want to give Anthony a chance. Any other stuff? As a meteorologist, what are you okay. forecasting for this MLB season? Who do you got winning the World Series? Putting him well, on the spot. On the <laughs> spot right here. Well, it's, it's got to come down to it with me. I think the Astros are right there. I think the Yankees are right there, too. That's my top two teams. All right. Anything else in terms of baseball? Any other thoughts you want to get off your chest before uh, we say goodbye to you for now? I just want to say thank you so much for having me on this show. It's been a while since I talked to both of you. And I look forward uh, to watching this MLB season and seeing how our projections of the AO West do here. Absolutely. And we'll have our fantasy draft in a couple weeks, too. 
That's right. And also, go Valpo. They're going to win today. <laughs> Tex, how many Rangers are you taking in our fantasy draft upcoming? <laughs> oh, man. You, I'm... Y'all better not steal Joey Gallo away from me. That's all I <laughs> Fair enough. All right, Anthony, last thing. Where can people find you? What are you working on right now that people should be checking out? Y'all should check out newswest9.com and also live streaming every day, Monday through Friday, 4, 5, 6, and 10. Chief Meteorologist at that station. Make sure to watch the great, great little station, great little product we got going on. And it's a, it's fun every single day I go to work. You want to throw out that uh, Facebook and Twitter information so people can oh, follow yeah. you? Look me up on Facebook, just Anthony Franz. Uh, you'll see me. Twitter, at Anthony Franz WX for weather. I post a lot of good stuff out there. Maybe not as much if you don't follow West Texas weather, but hey, <laughs> whatever floats your boat. And I will provide you with some laughs. I'll provide you with aggregate forecasting. It's all good. All right. Well, this was a lot of fun, Anthony. We'll have to check in with you sometime this season. Thanks for coming on. Sounds good. Thanks, Jack. And Jordan, have a safe flight. I will be talking with you soon. Thank you. Nice job today, Tex. And as always, Jack, thank you for having me on. What an excellent job, an excellent appearance today by both Jordan Morandini and Anthony Franz. Going to need to have Anthony back on this podcast sometime. I can't believe it took two years to finally get him on the show. But what a stellar outing from him. We let him go the full nine innings. Complete game, two hits, no runs. That was that was a, that was a lot of fun. That was a great time. I've got plenty to try to run through here at the end of this show. I just want to share a little of bit of personal news that I hinted on at the top of the show and I'm also going to tell you what we have coming up on the podcast but first if you like what you heard today on the podcast subscribe to the Jack Vita show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify wherever it is that you get your podcasts and you will never miss an episode you can also follow me at Jack Vita show on Twitter on Facebook on Instagram It's all there, and I will be posting a lot of announcements on the new Facebook fan page, Jack Vita Show. Facebook.com slash Jack Vita Show. You don't want to miss out. I will let you, I'll keep you all in the loop about what's coming up on this show there. As for the personal news, as I mentioned at the top of the show, my grandma D, D Finney, Passed at the age of 95 Thursday morning. It's been a tough time. And as I say this, I have tears welling up in my eyes. We saw it coming on Sunday. We were told that her death was imminent after a stroke. She had been going downhill for a few years. It's been tough. It's been a tough time. I won't lie. So it's a little difficult right now having an idea of what is going to be coming up And on what day, as we have the, I'm taping this on a Saturday. This will probably be released on Monday or Sunday night. Sunday afternoon, we have the visitation. Monday morning, I will speak at the memorial service. It's been difficult. I won't lie. It has been tough. But all I will say, and I want to just give a little bit of a tribute to her on this podcast, 
through every obstacle that I've gone through, whether it be having thyroid surgery, being diagnosed with Graves' disease, or just transferring schools and having to start all over and make new friends, I could always count on my grandma to be at her home, to cheer me up, to laugh, and to just be greeted by her infectious smile. She touched my life greatly, and we're going to miss her. But I will say, my last thing I will say here, sometimes we don't realize how good something is of a blessing. When I graduated college almost three years ago, I couldn't wait to start working. I, couldn't stay, I could not wait to move out of Chicago and move to somewhere warmer. But I ended up having to stay here because of my thyroid problems. I had to stay here in Wilmette. And I realized over the last couple of weeks when I saw this whole thing was coming to an end that I'm so glad that I stayed here because over the last three years, I visited my grandma every single Sunday, unless I was out of town. But for the most part, every Sunday, four times a week in the summer, I would bike over to her house because I had this kind of free time. If I didn't have that, if I had, if my life had gone the way that I had planned, I would have missed out on all that time. And I'm so thankful for that. And I just want to say, you may be going through something right now that's really difficult. I know I sure am. But there's so much to be grateful for in those circumstances. That's all I'll say for right now about this. I'm going to miss you, Grandma D. So as I mentioned... The podcast schedule is crowded. I wouldn't, I'm not overwhelmed because I enjoy it so much. There's so much to get to. We have five more of these MLB preview shows coming up. You're not going to want to miss out on any of them. We have a great guest book. We're figuring out when each one will be recorded, when each episode will be released. But I'm most likely going to have to get every single one of those episodes recorded before the start of March Madness because we have Selection Sunday coming up in two weeks. <laughs> two weeks from now, it's Selection Sunday. We've got our live YouTube show on Selection Sunday. And then I will be podcasting on every single weekend and round of the NCAA tournament. And then it's the Masters. So... We have a crazy schedule coming up. We're going to have a lot of great guests coming in and bringing some fire, bringing the heat. I hope you all stick around for it because it's going to be an amazing March. I'm telling you. And, you know, I'll say this. I know some people might say when you lose a loved one, you want to get time off. And that might that may work for some. But for me... I need to keep going. I need to keep working on stuff because if I stop and I just start thinking and worrying and fearing, it makes it harder for me. So the timing of all this, I don't think there's ever a good time to lose someone, but we're going to make the most of it and we're going to have an amazing March. We just cranked out one of the best episodes of the year today with Anthony Franz and we're going to have a lot of good stuff. So you're going to want to stick around. 
you're going to want to look out for all of that great content coming up soon. This was a longer spiel than I normally give at the end of the show. Normally, I just tell you all to subscribe and follow me on Twitter. But I wanted to I wanted to share my thoughts here. I wanted to let you guys know about what's going on in my life. And I want to thank you all to everyone for listening to this podcast, for showing your support for the show. To those of you who know me personally and texted me or tweeted at me, whatever you did to comfort me in this time and that you've prayed for me, everyone who's been praying for me, your prayers have been heard. We're working through this. Things are going to be good. I can already see it. I've had a lot of hope and comfort in this time, although it has been difficult. We're going to be good, guys. So thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you. Thank you so much. I will be back sometime very soon with another one of these and potentially another college basketball episode this week if I have time. We'll see. Bear with me, guys. Bear with me. But I will post all of that on the Facebook fan page so that you can all be informed. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, I'm Jack Vita. Bring in the dancing lobsters.